0: Why, hello there, good people of the internet. I am Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for the first day of July 2021. That's right, it's July 1st, 2021. The summer is here, couple days away from the anniversary of the birth of America. I'm in a good mood. We're gonna be doing a QA for you as always subscribe to the YouTube channel, share the videos, tap the notification bell, and see what happens. Before we get uh, to the q and uh, I'm also gonna be doing one quick story on uh, Lord Fauci, because now he's kinda like, yeah, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, ha, who the hell knows? At this point, and, but before we get to all of that, I wanna talk to you guys about Raise American. you know I'm thrilled to welcome Raise American as a new sponsor to the show, a company who raises the bar for premier organic grass-fed beef all over the country. For more than 15 years, Raise American has been honing its processes to provide lovers of beef the ultimate eating experience. From the feed to the cattle to the steak, Raise American raises the standard of what American organic beef ought to be. Raise American cattle come from humanely treated animals reared on small independent American farms farms run by family farmers and ranchers adhering to some of the strictest animal welfare and sustainable farming protocols. Healthy cattle make healthy beef, and no one knows that better than the team at Raise American. Raise American focuses on sustainability, which is why they work closely with these family farms to raise grass-fed organic cattle, which spend most of their lives grazing on pastures in the fresh open air, grazing in a way that regenerates the soil instead of depleting it. Raise American is 100% organic, 100% grass fed, 100% American. Go to raiseamerican.com right now to order and learn more. Good for you, good for our planet, good for America on this July 4th weekend. And now back to me, and as I always tell you, you don't even need, you don't even need Code Rubin because they're only sponsoring us. And uh, I will be eating plenty of beef and barbecuing and smoking and all sorts of stuff this weekend, and I hope you'll be joining me. So before we get to the q and uh, I just wanna show you this quick video of Lord Fauci, the infallible Fauci. Don't wear masks, wear masks, maybe wear masks. Who the hell knows? This is his latest update. Is it safe for us to go out and watch baseball games if we've been vaccinated without a mask? The answer is yes, Joe. I mean, nothing is perfect. Nothing. One hundred percent. There's no intervention. But when you did that, you could say it's absolutely one hundred percent. So there will be people who are vaccinated who might get infected. That's going to be a very, very low number, relatively speaking. So right now, that's the reason why the CDC recommendations have not changed. Joe, if you are fully vaccinated, You can go without a mask indoor and outdoor, even though the general uh, recommendation is you don't have to wear a mask. I'm deciding I want to wear a mask. Joe, there's nothing wrong with that. That's individual decision. You have to separate that from a broader recommendation from a public health agency like the CDC. All right. So I will give Fauci a little credit here. This idea of individual decision, individual choice, you guys know I believe that. And, you know, if you want to wear a mask, you can wear a mask. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you want to get vaccinated and wear a mask, you can do all that. So I'm kind of on board that. But notice he doesn't give you any numbers there. So he's saying, yes, it's safe to go to a baseball game outdoors if you're vaccinated. He's saying nothing is perfect. You know, I say that all the time. There's no perfect system here. Uh, What I don't love about this, though, is even though he's talking about individual choice, like notice he doesn't give you any numbers, like yes, if you're outdoors and you're vaccinated and you wear a mask, you're gonna get, I don't know, 5% more coverage, 10%, 15%, 1% because there really isn't any numbers on that. So when he's kind of being like, yeah, wear the mask because there's nothing wrong with it. Well, there kind of is something wrong with it in that we'll never take our masks off. A certain set of people are just never Going to take them off because they've been confused by the science, or what I would say at sometimes is quasi science. And then there's just this idea that it's just okay for us to just walk around forever wearing masks, not even sure why we're doing it. Of course, there was the video and some still pictures from uh, July of 2020, so basically a year ago right now, where Fauci was actually at a basketball uh, baseball game and he had his mask down. Now, maybe he was eating, maybe he was drinking, but it all just leads to this very conflicted sort of mess related to all of this stuff. Suffice to say, I hope that whatever you're doing this weekend with your friends, with your family. I hope you're barbecuing. I hope you're celebrating America. I hope you're drinking some ice cold beer or whatever you like. I hope you're in jumping in the pool and having fun and playing sports and all that good stuff. I hope you're doing all that and celebrating this wonderful, free, spectacularly great place that's struggling right now. It's a struggling. We get it but we still got something good here. And I hope you're doing it uh, respectfully for yourself and the people around you. And I think everyone is going to be okay. That's my, cra- you know, I'm a dreamer. And I think everybody's going to be okay. I just I just believe that you know how to make the right choices for yourself. Uh, I'm a crazy right-wing nutbag. What can I tell you? All right, guys, we got a ton of questions at rubinreport.locals.com. We mixed it up as always. So here we go. Harry says, who has been your favorite interview ever? So, you know, I get this question somewhat frequently, and and one way that I answer it is that when I sat down with Thomas Sowell, which we shot on location in Stanford a couple years ago, it was actually the only time, truly the only time, that I've ever been somewhat nervous for an interview. I, I just don't get nervous about this stuff when I'm on stage Performing or opening for Jordan Peterson. I just don't get nervous. I don't know. I'm supposed to be doing this, so it doesn't really make me nervous. For some reason, that one, I was kind of like a little like you can hear it. If you go back to the to that interview, you can hear it at the beginning. My voice is a little softer, it's, it's kind of cracking a little bit. I was a little nervous for that one. It was just wonderful because I was sitting there with a legend. Like you know you're there with a living legend, a guy who probably deserves a lot more credit than he gets. And and on, you know, he's 91 or 92 right now, and when, when he's gone one day, hopefully he has many many more years uh, with us here, but when he's gone one day, it's like, I'll be able to say, like, I sat down with that great guy and that that incredible viral moment, you know, what woke you up to Marxism, uh, facts. Like, that thing has been seen millions and millions of times, it's in documentaries about Thomas Sowell, people quote it back to me all the time, like, that's just so cool that I was like a little, piece of that. So I would say that one, and then really I do have to say that my, my first ever in-person interview with Jordan Peterson, because then our lives became intertwined, and, and I think so many of you found me because of that, so many of you found Jordan because of that, like, and then that it was when the whole IDW thing was really coming together, and I then ended up on tour with Jordan, and it was just like, there was something so cool happening in that room, and that in that first interview that I did in studio with him, I had first done a, a Google Hangout with him when we didn't have a studio yet. We had just moved and it was very grainy and choppy and I, I couldn't understand everything he was saying even because it was coming in and out. The video, was the quality wasn't great. We were jacking our neighbor's internet because we didn't even have internet yet. But when I first sat down with him for that 12 rules for life interview when we went through each rule, it was like, it felt dense and real and important to me. And then to think that I got to spend a year of my, a year and a half of my life like talking about that stuff with people and seeing people turn their lives around. It's just, it's awesome. That's a privilege that I have, that that the things that I've done in these studios and the conversations I've had, I've I've seen the real world examples of how they can make people's lives better and that's pretty much as good as it gets. Uh, Storm says, what has been your favorite and or most difficult part of building locals And the Rubin Report, Um, well, on the Rubin Report side, I would say just doing what I thought, like, we had to take a lot of risks. Like, we left the Young Turks. I didn't know if that was going to work. It ended up working. We left Aura TV. I didn't know if that was going to work. It ended up working. We left Patreon. I didn't know if that was going to work. It ended up working. You know, I've always been able, when I've seen the forks in the road and and all the— times to go more independent and do things my own way and, and make sure that I was running my own businesses and that I was my own boss and the chances that I fire Dave Rubin are slim to none. Like, we're gonna have a sit down with Dave Rubin and we gotta tell, you know, he said some stuff and he, he's in a lot of trouble now. Like. I've been able to make the right decisions along the way, at least on the big stuff. Doesn't mean I get everything right all the time. Um, but I would say the difficult parts are that there were times where we quit jobs, where we, you know, those were our salaries, not just me, but my, my producers, my directors. And we, we went out independent and kept, kept going and kept going and kept going and going. And I'm happy to say that, that I've, you know, seen the, the fruits of that labor. On the local side, I would say, I did not intend on building a tech company. And I have to say that I actually love it. Um, you know, I'm not doing a lot of the day-to-day operations, but I take multiple meetings a day related to strategy, related to PR, related to fundraising, uh, related to messaging, all of those things. I would say the hardest part of it was that for the first year and a half of Locals, when we were really building something nice and our numbers were really looking good and we were going into investor meetings, Everybody was afraid of touching politics. Oh, there's something political about it, or it's some, you're somehow a scary conservative, or something like that, and we don't wanna put money. You know, even though people privately, major money people, people worth hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, privately were like, Dave, we love what you're doing, you're fighting the good fight, and then it was like, well, could you, could you throw in a little, a little cash to keep this operation going? And they were very nervous, and then suddenly something has happened in the last six months, I think the censorship stuff, you know, watching parlor get blown up, The shadow banning, the de-boosting, the algorithmic tricks, all the stuff that you know, it it bubbled up to the point that that people were like, we're gonna fund some stuff. Uh, And then I had really a a two-minute, I mean, that's all it was, a two-minute phone call with David Sachs uh, from Craft Ventures who led our last round and he was like, I'm mission aligned, I want in and I want to help you guys and he funded us and then it opened up the doors. Suddenly, a little bravery goes a long way. That's what I've learned, if I've learned anything in the last couple of years. And by David getting involved, then it got a whole bunch of other big-time investors involved. And now we're well-funded. Our burn rate is low. We're growing. As you guys know, we just added a live stream video, which I'm going to do more of and we're thinking about maybe doing even a bonus show or something. And this is just the beginning, like we got so many cool things coming. So it's fun, so the difficult part is, uh, you know, I don't have as much free time as I used to have. My voice just cracked, I am going through puberty. Uh, Jenna says, what are your plans for the long weekend? A lot of barbecue, and We we have a tremendous amount of meat from raised American. Uh, I've got visitors here. I've got my sister and my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, who is the CEO of Locals. I've got my niece and my nephew here. We've had friends here. A bunch of bunch of stragglers from my birthday weekend on the previous weekend. So we're just we're going to be in the pool. Uh, we're going to watch some movies. We're just going to be outdoors and enjoying. We're going to go on a hike with Clyde tomorrow and uh, and just celebrate America and be proud of America and li- you know, just listening to music all day and, and just enjoying ourselves. I will be shutting it down on the on the YouTube side and on the Twitter side. I'll be in local saying hi to you guys and hopefully sharing pictures of what you guys are smoking and barbecuing and everything else. Oh, and I got, David got me a little green egg. You guys know about the little green egg smoker. So we just put it all together and I'll be smoking some meats and all kinds of, fun stuff, and I hope you guys are gonna do the same. Like, get out of the fight for a couple days. Like, you know, we get out, it's July 4th, celebrate this great country, even if you're watching, outside of America. If you're watching this show, I know you love America. Like, Stay off the Twitter, stay off the Facebook for the weekend. Uh, If you wanna share some food and fun, you can join us at Locals. Uh, Anita says, what was your favorite part of the Trump interview, and do you agree with the part you had to block on the YouTubes? Oh, Anita, you're trying to get me! You're trying to get me, Anita! My favorite part of the Trump interview. Well, you know, when he said to me, well, first off, he laughed a couple of times. And it was just nice to, like, like it felt genuine to me, right? It didn't feel like it was just like like laughing, for the sake of it. It felt kind of genuine when I said that thing to him about, you know, what are the chances I'm going to be on YouTube at the end of this? And he kind of laughed with the 10%. And then later in the interview, he's like, you're screwed, man. You're screwed. Like he really did enjoy it. And by the way, I heard from his people after that he really did enjoy it. And we're going to do something else, uh, hopefully in the not too distant future. Uh, My favorite part, though, was when I asked him about how in the 80s, he was saying the exact same things, meaning he was on Oprah, he was on Donahue, he was on David Letterman, saying the same exact things that he was saying now, and he said he said something to the effect of, that was a great question, like, I haven't heard that before. And like, that's a cool thing to hear as an interviewer. I mean, think how many questions this guy has been asked over the years, and I thought it was just totally relevant, because I do watch those interviews when I'm doing cardio. I, you know, I, a lot of people do cardio, they listen to trance music or something to get their blood pumping. I watch old Ronald Reagan interviews. I watch old Donald Trump interviews. I watch. I've been watching some documentaries on Abraham Lincoln and and Thomas Jefferson. I don't. I'm not really sweating that much. It's just kind of. A, I'm strolling along with them. As for the, do I agree with the part you had to block on the YouTube's? Um, let's just say I'm happy to be here on YouTube, and I think it's a wonderful platform for all people of all walks of life. Thank you very much. Uh, Joe says, are you planning on putting your entire YouTube library here on Locals for when they blow up your YouTube, people still have access to all your interviews? Yeah, so we put up everything as is, right? So we put up all our direct messages, all our interviews and everything. But you're talking about the, the archives from before. We've started putting up some of it, and yes, it will all be on there eventually and I just want to say this, you know, I joke about YouTube a lot. Look, I don't want to be kicked off YouTube. I think that this is an incredible platform that they've built, and especially for discovery, for new people to find you. Uh, But I love the fact that I've built a secure home on locals. And if all of this ended, if I was booted, from all the big tech stuff tomorrow, I still have a, a line of communication uh, with, my main, with my main fan base, with you guys. I can chat with you, text, I can still live stream. You can still access my videos and my audio and we're working on, you know, I see a lot of people asking, but you don't have decentralized storage yet. We're working on it. You don't have decentralized payments yet. We're working on it. Like. That's the cool thing about tech, like you you build and build and build, and then if you ever watch the show, the show Silicon Valley on HBO, it's like in the tech world, you build, then there's a problem, then you gotta do something else, and then there's another problem, then you gotta do something else. Next thing you know, you're turning back, you're pivoting back, you've got a different business, and you're building something else. We're, we're on a nice path right now. We're gonna hopefully by, uh, I don't think it'll happen until I get back from off the grid August, but probably in the fall we'll a- announce some major partnerships some acquisitions. There's, there's cool stuff happening. Uh, and it is thanks to you guys that allow me to, to do all this craziness. Uh, says, when will there be a performance with you and Jordan Peterson again? I'd love to, it goes without saying, I'd love to, you know, my feelings year and a half with that guy. Just what a freaking amazing year. And to just meet so many of you guys to like literally every day, just meet people. I'm off drugs. I had a better job I'm in a better relationship. I mended this friendship. I'm I'm talking to my parents again, like, to be out there. And then, you know, as as our tour manager said, he said this was like being with the Beatles, Uh, except we weren't singing on stage. We were listening to a clinical psychologist talk about cleaning his room, or cleaning your room. Like, that's pretty awesome. So I would love to tour with them again. Uh, You know, Jordan lives in Canada still, and there's all sorts of crazy lockdown situations. It's even worse than in a place like Los Angeles here in California in the States. So uh, I hope to do it again. I would definitely do it again. And one way or another, by the way, my next book, which will go on sale, I think we just confirmed this. so I don't think I'm speaking out of school. Uh, my next book, which will officially go on pre-sale the last day of July, we'll do a big push as i about to go off the grid. It's the la- I'm going to announce the book. We're going to show you the cover. You'll be able to purchase it. We're going to do a sign number situation just for that first day. Um, that will, be, will officially be out in April of 2022. Publishing world is kind of slow, but they get there. Uh, And then, yes, I am going to tour. I'm going to tour throughout the country. You know, I missed my entire book tour last time, which sucked. You know, we we had like 30 theaters basically sold out across the country, ready to go. And I want to get to Europe and everything else. Anya says, this will be my first Fourth of July as an American citizen. Welcome, Anya. What should I bring to a potluck that I'm invited to? This is gonna be your first Fourth of July. Well, first off, that's just awesome. That's just awesome. We are a country of immigrants. We love people that love America, and I have no doubt that you do. And I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you're now an American citizen. I'm sure it was not an easy trek and uh, an adventure to get here and I know it's legally a mess. I got a friend going through it right now. It can take some time. so congratulations, that's really wonderful. What should you bring to the potluck? Um, well, you can always you know, Americans, we love beef, we love meat. Right. Oh, there goes that. That's the uh, that's the promo for uh, today's show. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I've been big on tequila lately. I, I know it's thought of as more Mexican. It originally comes from Mexico, but. Uh, Check out a Claes Azul bottle, fancy bottle, it's not cheap, about 150 bucks. but you're going to give people a nice sipping tequila, everybody's going to be happy and enjoy Fourth of July. All right, there you go. And the beauty of America is that's not cultural appropriation, that's cultural appreciation because we love Mexican things here, we love Canadian things here, we love Italian things here. That's what America's all about. We are a melting pot, people. Mark says, is there any reason that Locals.com can't evolve to become the free speech alternative to Twitter and Facebook? It would not take many additions for Locals to capture the most important functionality of those two monsters. So, you know, we've we've discussed it, and as I just said, we're gonna announce a couple things in the fall related to all that, my feeling first was let's secure homes for creators, right? Like let's make sure I I got a place for my video, my audio, chat, as I said, all those things. I can get the push notifications out to you guys, live video. Let's do that first, secure individual people and then we can sort of build out the bigger things. So we do have bundle packaging coming. We have an unmanipulated algorithmic feed so it's it's completely chronological, and then you can filter it if you want by, we have a couple options that let you filter it, but we don't filter it for you, in other words. Um, so we could replicate a Twitter-type situation, and by the way, it would all be a lot more pleasant because it costs a couple bucks to get in, like, that's it. Like, you know, like, most things in life you gotta pay for. You, gotta, you wanna get a new shirt, you gotta pay a couple bucks, but for some reason, we think that these things that we keep in our pockets all the time, that these all these apps and everything should be free, and it's because, yeah, we're the product. Um, I don't know that I want to replicate Facebook per se but we're gonna add as much of the functionality of those things as possible and what's cool is we're building it all and we own it all we've got an incredible team of programmers and uh, and we're doing it and we're doing it without without going the traditional routes we really are um, and, and hopefully over the next however many months I can show you a little more of the under the hood stuff and how we run the business and everything else, because it's a very cool part of just this thing that you guys are now in on with me. Uh, Carol says, one of the many reasons I listen to you is that in my opinion, you are are honest and genuine. You help us stay grounded. I would like to know if you are afraid of losing those qualities as you're growing your business and if you have a plan in place to avoid this common pitfall. Thanks for what you do. You know, I don't have a plan for it, but I'm aware of it, right? Like, I've seen it. I've seen it happen to uh, friends and colleagues and everything else where you sort of get a certain amount of notoriety, a certain amount of public success, a certain amount of financial success, and it does kind of change you. I think that I'm pretty much the same person that I always was. Actually, when we had my birthday party last week, like, I had my best buddy, John, who I've been friends with for 41 years, met when we were four years old, and and I had new friends that you guys know from the show, and it's like, those people all like the same guy, right? Like, this, this is me. I mean, the thing is, when you turn on a camera, I do, I turn it on like 3% that's really it. Like I act the same way with my guys that are in this room right now and I act the same way with David and my family and everything else. Um, You do always have to be aware of that. You know, you have to be aware of not falling into audience capture and only delivering you guys what I think you want. Um, I just have to basically stay true to myself and I I, I think if I do that, then that's pretty much the best uh, that you can do. All right, one more question for you, and then I want you people to close your computers and take off tomorrow Friday if you can and enjoy the freaking weekend, people. Dixie says, what is your pick for a movie that celebrates our Independence Day? We are wanting to do a movie weekend and show some great ones. Well, the first thing that pops into mind, you say Independence Day, it's like, you can watch Independence Day. Yes, it's about uh, proclaiming our independence from aliens. But in some ways that's exactly what we're dealing with right now. I mean, what did the aliens in independence they want? They wanted complete submission of the human race. And that's pretty much what the wokesters want too, right? They want to annihilate all of us. They don't want to negotiate. There's no half measures with them. Remember that part of the movie when, when the president, when he realizes when the alien talks to him through telepathy or whatever, and he's like, Whoa, they want complete extermination. Like they're not here to, oh, let's share the planet. Just like these guys, they're not really here to share the country. They kind of want us to bow forever. So alien, uh, alien invasion, very close to woke invasion, so you can watch Independence Day. I would say also, great American movie that will make you proud to be an American. When we knew what America was, I believe it was 1985, Rocky IV, right? Rocky Balboa fighting Ivan Drago on Christmas Day in Moscow. Raising the American flag at the end. Just a beautiful story of America. We knew who the good guys were. We knew who the bad guys were. Just pretty much perfection. And uh, I'll give you one other. You know what, if you've got young kids, we've got my niece and nephew staying here. And just last night, we did a movie night. We watched Adam's Family Values. You see the Adam's Family movies? It's the second one. It's pretty funny. That Christina Ricci, she's a good actress. I don't know what happened to that girl, but it's a funny movie, even for an adult. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Guys, part three of my interview with Christian Angermeyer, all about life extension and psychedelics and how to conquer depression and all sorts of interesting stuff. That is up on YouTube right now. Full episode, of course, up at Rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, we have no round table tomorrow because I don't want you sitting at your computer. And I want you to hopefully enjoy an extended weekend, if at all possible. Uh, And as I said, if you want to share food pictures, booze pictures, American flag pictures and videos and whatever music you're listening to and good times you're having with your family and friends, join us at RubenReport.Locals.com. Have a great Fourth of July, everybody. And uh, God bless America. God bless you guys. I'll see you on Monday.